Hi, this is David Stearman, and you're listening to my Up Podcast. Today I want to talk about showing mercy. One of my greatest spiritual influences used to be a Las Vegas showgirl. You know, one of those types judgy Christians consider so horribly carnal. As you know, a lot of times we judge people instead of showing them mercy. But as she was, somebody witnessed to her. And she happened to have an open, believing heart. So she got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and then got tons of other people saved. Then she started laying hands on the sick. And wow, did they get healed. Eventually, she taught multitudes of us to flow in the miraculous power of God. She took me on my first ever missions trip, which was to the Philippines, and turned me into a lifelong missionary. That was Sandy Brown, and many of you may know her since she influenced and changed so many lives. Still, it's tempting to judge people, right? You know, like those folks who cut in front of you in traffic, or have junk in their yards, or vote for Democrats or whatever. Oh, oh, I've got you going now, don't I? Hey, I don't like those politics either. Don't even get me started. But we can hate bad policy and still love the people who believe in it, right? Because people aren't one-dimensional. I mean, I don't know about you, but my friends are all over the spectrum, and I love every one of them. But what about that pushy driver? I mean, those people. Well, what if they're rushing home because their loved one is having a heart attack? Uh, That's dramatic, I know. But I'm just saying that we don't always know their whole story. But honestly, sometimes we just dislike people because of personal prejudices. I've always been an artistic kind of person. Like to write, to art, play music. I mean, I did and still do some sports, but they're generally the hunting, fishing, or outdoorsy kinds of things. I never really cared about team sports like basketball or football. And back in high school, never related to the guys that did that stuff. This was in the days of jocks and freaks. Can you tell which one I was? But the thing is, the jocks got all the attention from the girls, so I was kind of jealous of them. And I actually developed a kind of prejudice against them. I mean, honestly, I just didn't like them. And I'm not proud of that, but hey, I was 17. Now, there was this guy in my school named Denny, and he embodied all of that to me, so I thought he was a real jerk. Until I got saved and learned a little more about him. Fact is, he was one of the first people that came to me after I got saved. He pulled me aside and said, Hey, brother, I heard about your decision to follow Jesus. Listen, sometimes it can be hard. So if there's anything, I mean anything, that I can ever do to help you out, just let me know and I'll be there for you. No, this guy wasn't a jerk. He was a kind, caring, thoughtful person. And a lot of times the people we judge aren't at all who we think they are either. Think about it. Jesus loved a lot of people that other people hated. Tax collectors, prostitutes, Canaanites, even that Roman centurion with the sick servant. Seriously, a Roman soldier, imagine what a person like that meant to first century Jews. And yet Jesus never condemned that guy. Instead, he showed him mercy and healed his servant because Jesus is the friend of sinners. In fact, when you get down to it, the only people Jesus actually condemned were the Pharisees. In other words, the judgy people. He called them a brood of vipers. Ouch. But speaking of prostitutes, 
What about Rahab? She really was a bad one, right? I mean, she was a Canaanite, an idolater, and also a hooker. Good grief, talk about sleazy. Three strikes and you're out. Nothing good could come from anyone like that, right? Except that it did. Here's what happened. As the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan River to possess the land of Canaan, Joshua, their leader, sent a recon team to check out the enemy. And Joshua 2, verses 1 to 21, read like this. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Siddim. Go to look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent a message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they've come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. But before the spies laid down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We've learned how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord has given us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, Go to the hills so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return. Then go on your way. Now the men said to her, This oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you've tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and unless you've brought your father and mother and your brothers and all your family into your house. If any of them go outside your house and into the street, their blood will be upon their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we're doing, we'll be released from the oath you made us swear. Now they said this, of course, because when the attack began on Jericho, there would be pandemonium there, and no one would know who were her people unless they were actually staying in her house, the one with the cord hanging from the window. So it's agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Now what Rahab did there, she did at the risk of her life. But that scarlet cord 
like the blood of Jesus, saved her. And despite the fact that she was an idolater and a hooker and a potentially shady person to them, it was Rahab the harlot that opened the way for Israel to become the great nation it is today. Wow. Chew on that for a minute. Now the Bible says Rahab was justified by her faith, the same as Father Abraham was. And by the way, Abe wasn't such an awesome dude himself back in his old hometown of Ur of the Chaldees. He was an idolater too, and the son of one. Yeah, Abraham was a pagan. But when the true, real God spoke, Abraham believed, and that changed him. And it also changed everything for all of us. Romans 4, 1 through 3 says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by his works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So see, Abraham wasn't perfect either. But God showed him mercy and made him clean and righteous before him purely because he believed. And we're not perfect either, so we have no real right to judge anyone, since the only righteousness we happen to have ourselves comes to us by grace, just as it did to Abraham and Rahab. By the way, Rahab herself, right alongside Father Abraham, is listed in the book of Hebrews Hall of Faith, which is chapter 11. Verse 31 says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. So yes, it was Rahab's intel that enabled the Israelites to take Jericho. And because of her, the Israelites marched around the city seven times, blew the trumpets, and the walls fell down. As Joshua shouted, Remember Rahab the prostitute and those in her house. Spare them all, because she hid our spies. So the Israeli army showed her mercy, and it was a good investment. Because after Rahab joined Israel, she married one of those spies, and later became King David's great-great-grandmother. So yes, from Rahab's line, Jesus Christ was born. So you see, good things can come from anybody, which is pretty good news for all of us, since we're all messed up in at least a few ways. But messed up as we may be, if we'll believe... God will still call us righteous. And in fact, he even calls us irreproachable in his sight. Yeah, that's really in the Bible. Colossians 1.22. Pretty amazing, right? So bottom line, let's not be judgy of ourselves or others. Sure, some of those people might have rough edges. They might even be morally decrepit. But there's good in them, too. And pointed in the right directions, awesomely wonderful things can come from them. Remember, Jesus himself said that he didn't come to judge the world, but to save it. Besides, we don't know what other people are going through. We don't know what's inside them. And we don't really know their stories. Truth be told, we've all got issues. So that's why I want to be like Jesus and cut anybody and everybody who might need it a break. In the word, it's called showing mercy. And it's also called grace. And we're not only supposed to get it, we're also supposed to give it. That is, if we want to be like Jesus, the friend of sinners. Now, I don't know about you, but I do need to grow some in this area, especially when it comes to those drivers who cut in front of me. 
But whoever the people who bug us might be, instead of condemning them, let's just show them mercy, cut them some grace, and maybe also pray that the light might shine into them and eventually out from them. Because that's how Jesus himself rolls, right? He helps the helpless and saves the unworthy. So let's do that too, for all the imperfect people out there like you and me. Let's be like Jesus, Sandy, and Danny, and Rahab, and shed God's grace on everyone everywhere. Hey, thanks for listening to my Up podcast. If you'd like to hear more, just click the subscribe button. And I hope you have an update all the way.